Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt podcast uh last episode was about baseball obviously we just had the trade deadline um lots to talk about there and don't worry you'll be getting a trade deadline episode but for now we are looking ahead to the nfl season i i mean speak for myself but i have missed football season and to help usher in this new season get in some of our predictions uh i have jackson powers jackson how are you doing I am fantastic. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing awesome. Um, doing awesome. Good to so, hear. I mean, let's just get right into it. If you're listening to this, um, you're either listening, either we were short enough that we're you're listening to the whole thing or you're listening to the AFC portion right now. So um, regardless, we're going to start in the AFC East. We're going to go um, from bottom in the division to top in the division. We're going to go through, talk about each team. Uh, possibly, you know, records, stuff like that, just what we're looking forward to. Yeah, Jackson, go ahead. Alrighty, so to predict my division, I have the Jets coming in at last at 4-13, and and then the Patriots second to last, 7-10, and Dolphins at 9-8, and and Bills taking the division at 13-4. and Yeah, so for me, I have the Jets coming in last at 6-11, and the Patriots um, at nine and eight, the Dolphins also at nine and eight, but the Dolphins having the tiebreaker and then the Buffalo Bills winning the division at 11 and six. So, um, and I, for what it's worth, I have neither the Dolphins nor the Patriots making the playoffs in this scenario. So we have that. Uh, Let's start at the bottom, Jackson. What are you thinking about the New York Jets? So the Jets are in the middle of a rebuild right now. So, they're a little bit far off from wildcard contention, obviously at four and 13, but they're definitely taking the right steps heading towards their future. Um, I think they really drafted well this offseason, getting guys like Zach Wilson and Elijah Vera Tucker. And um, they also added a couple great pieces like Carl Lawson and Vinnie Curry, uh, particularly to that defense. Um, I think Jets fans definitely have the right to be optimistic for this future, but I think at the cost at another pretty poor year or two of poor play. And I think they could definitely, like looking at that offense, I think they could definitely use some help on the right side of that line. I think they've really done a good job building up that left side, getting Mekhi Becton last year and then drafting Elijah Vera Tucker. But the right side needs a little bit of work. I'm not too sold on Morgan Moses or George Fant. Um, But that's definitely something to focus uh, continuing this rebuild. Uh, I think one of my bold predictions this year, I think Elijah Moore is very slept on, and I think he's going to have a top three season out of the wide receivers in his class, and that includes guys like Devontae Smith, and um, uh, his name is escaping me, the guy for the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle. There you go, Jalen Waddle. I think he's going to have a top three season out of those guys. He's a good route runner and a good deep threat, and 
with someone as big of an arm as Zach Wilson, that's a really good pairing, especially considering Zach Wilson is pretty much guaranteed to start week one with no other quarterbacks on that depth chart. Um, his backup is James Morgan. And considering there's not really a solid vet that gives Zach Wilson anything to gain from sitting out, he's definitely going to be starting week one. Um, Elijah Moore is kind of like that Tyler Lockett type receiver. So I think he's going to be a very good pairing with Zach Wilson. Yeah. So obviously we're starting off with the team that I know and is the most near and dear to my heart. And that's the New York Jets. I don't think this season is going to be a great season in terms of wins, but I think that you're going to see drastic improvement from the club last year for a couple of reasons. And that starts off um, with the offensive line. I like where the offensive line is going. I don't think it's um, built up to be a top tier unit, but I think with the drafting of Elijah Vera Tucker to put him next to Mackay Becton, that's a left side of the line that you don't have to worry about for the next decade, hopefully. Um, and I think I'm not sold on Morgan Moses. Um, as a long-term, you know, solution at right tackle. But I think he was a good addition because if nothing else, um, add more competition, Not you know, with George Fant. Uh, right guard could still use to be upgraded, but the offensive line improved. Um, next is the weapons. The weapons on this team have gotten significantly better. Last year, I think there was – the Jets probably had the worst wide receiver corps and weapons in the whole league. Now – it's a, it's looking a lot better because you had you bring in Corey Davis from Tennessee, uh, bring back Jamison Crowder, you draft Elijah Moore, um, you have Denzel Mims going into his second season, uh, even bringing Keelan Cole as a backup. Those are all wide receivers, and then uh, you all. I think my favorite moment from the Jets draft, and I, I'll elaborate on this in a little bit. Um, Michael Carter running back in the fourth round. I think that was just a home run pick. Um, I have super high expectations for him early on. So they totally improved those weapons. And with those weapons, you can't not talk about who's throwing those weapons. It's not Sam Darnold. It's Zach Wilson. Um, they worked out the contract dispute a couple of days ago. For what it's worth, those listening, we're currently recording on August 1st. Um, like you said, there are no veterans on this roster. It's really a foregone conclusion that Wilson is starting week one. Um I think that it's reasonable to expect, you know, certain struggles, um, growing pains. But that's the thing. This season isn't about wins. It's about getting comfortable and building a base to move forward with um, past 2021. So definitely, obviously, Zach Wilson, a guy to look at. Defensively, um, Quinnen Williams really had a breakout year last year. I think he, if I had to dub an MVP of this Jets team, it's him, I think. He's working himself into top-tier uh, interior pass rushing category. He's just a, an absolute monster, um, really living into what they expected, taking him with such a high pick. Um, that defensive line is pretty good. Um, for what the Jets are, their defensive line, their pass rush unit, pretty good. You got Quinn Williams. They bring in Carlos and Sheldon Rankins, um, and then they have John Franklin Myers, uh, Fuller, Anzu, Fadikasi, good in the run game. I like what they have to offer there on that defensive line. Linebacker um, is an interesting spot. C.J. Mosley is coming back after essentially a two-year absence because uh, in 2019 he played, you know, two halves of a game and then opted out last year. 
They paid him a lot of money, and he quite literally has done nothing. It'll be interesting to see what he's looking like, how fresh he is. Uh, Blake Cashman, guy that's a lot of people have looked as a breakout player, guy that can really stand out, needs to stay healthy is the big thing. Uh, signed Jared Davis from the Detroit Lions. Drafted Homsen to Cyril Dean, Jamie, and Sherwood, who they expect to be linebackers. Interesting look there. Um, safeties, Marcus May, not happy with the team currently on contract dispute, but an incredible player. Uh, Ashton Davis to the other spot. They signed LaMarcus Joyner. Super set at the safety spot. It's about the cornerbacks where they're going to be a little overmatched with uh, Bless One Austin, Javelin Guidry, um, Bryce Hall. Not a lot of experience at corner. I think that's going to be the big weak, weak point for the Jets defense. Overall, though, I think the Jets, um, 6-11. and 11, I think, like I said, Quinn Williams, look at him as the MVP. Corey Davis as the Offensive Player of the Year. Um, Michael Carter as the Rookie of the Year. So Jets, 6-11. and 11, Let's move on. Alrighty, so coming in at number two, I have the Patriots at seven and ten. Looking back at this Patriots offseason, they had a splurge of free agent signings, which is super uncharacteristic of Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is more known of solving his issues through the draft and maybe getting some of those uh, under the radar free agents, but he never really goes for those big guys. And especially when you consider that he set a record of $159.6 million spent in just guaranteed money this year. That doesn't include um, every other part of the contract. That's just the guaranteed money. Um, honestly, I am not a fan of this Patriots offseason. A lot of this just looks a little bit like an overpay, um, particularly stemming from linebacker Matt Judon. I am not too sold on him. I do not think he was worth the money that they gave him. I think he's more of a rotational defensive end um, slash edge guy, but he is not worth that top 10 linebacker money. And then they went out and got two tight ends, two top 10 tight ends, I might add, in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. And I know the Patriots like to play two tight end sets, but th this has to seem like overkill. Like there's not going to be a situation where both Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith are using their top 10 talent to like boost that play. Like unless you run a five offensive lineman, two tight end, and then like very little wide receiver, maybe a running back on that core or on that field. Um, there's not going to be a situation where both of them are going to be contributing at the same time. And I think that depth is a little bit of uh, a waste, waste of that cap space. Um, looking at the rest of that offense, that wide receiver core is not something I'm believing in. Um, Jacoby Myers, a little bit underrated, but Considering he's kind of the front point of that wide receiving core, I'm not sold. This offense is going to have a tough time throwing the ball, especially considering Cam Newton. Um, his ball placement last year was pitiful. And um, I'm not sure he's going to be able to remain the start of this season. That's kind of the main storyline here is, is Cam Newton going to be able to keep his starting job? And if not, will it be Mac Jones time? Uh, Jared Stidham was recently in that conversation, but after getting injured, he will be out for most of, if not all of the season, meaning he's kind of taken out of that storyline. So is it going to be Cam Newton? Will his um, dual threat quarterback play be able to take the Patriots uh, offense to a higher level, or is it going to be Mac Jones time? Um, my prediction, I think Mac Jones is coming in. I'm not too sold on Cam Newton after last year. Um, 
he's just he he doesn't have it anymore to get it done, especially with this bad of a supporting cast. Uh, one bright spot for that offense though that I'm looking at is that offensive line. I think that offensive line is top five in the league, no question. Um, with the acquisitions of Trent Brown, Michael Mike Anenwu last year was huge, a sixth round steal. I think there's no reason that this offensive line can't be top five in the league. But um, the defense, looking at the defense, their defense wasn't fantastic last year. But to be fair, they were missing a lot of players due to COVID opt-outs. They're getting some of those guys back, like Dante Hightower and Kyle Vinoy. And they unquestionably have the best cornerback duo in the league in J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore. Um, however, due to that front seven, particularly that defensive line, I'm not too sold that this defense is really going to be anything special. Could they be above average? Yes, but that defensive line is definitely going to be holding them back. And um, all in all, to sum it up with the Patriots, I think bad offensive play, particularly bad quarterback play, is going to hold them to a losing record where they will miss the playoffs. Yeah, um, I have the Patriots in third in the division like you, um, albeit same record as the Dolphins at nine and eight. You, I, I might as well just already say it as well because you hit on it. I think Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback week one, and I think he's going to be the primary quarterback. That's my one of my bold predictions in this division, which isn't even that bold. It's kind of a gimme. Well, not, not a gimme, but um, I suppose – um, not, not, not a crazy prediction. Regardless, um, rest of the offense, you hit on the offensive line. I think that offensive line is incredible. It's like, I think, you know, all five spots you're looking at guys, um, that can get the job done. They went out and spent an ungodly amount of money in free agency. I think John o. Smith and Hunter Henry are both really good players. And I understand uh, Belichick's desire to, you know, two tight end sets. I understand that, but I don't know if it was the best investment, um, to put that kind of money in guys that are both, you know, top level tight ends. And that, that sounds kind of weird to say a team shouldn't have gotten two really good players, but the reality is you said it, how much of their, um, potential can they maximize with both of them, uh, on the same team? So I think both of them are good. I think both of them can be productive, but I think um, the presence of each of them is going to limit what their total output is going to be. So I like what they, I like the talent they have there. I think that's, you know, really good tight end group. And then the wide receivers, I think it's a bunch of guys that I like as secondary receivers, but there's, I feel like there's no one that really stands out. I think, I like Jacoby Myers. I think he's a super solid secondary piece. Same with Nelson Aguilar, you know, taking steps forward. And same with Kendrick Bourne. Um, I think all of those guys are good if they're your wide receiver, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Not as much as all, you know, without having a frontline piece. Uh, for his sake, I hope that Nikhil Harry figures it out. Obviously, uh, former Arizona State Sun Devil goes Sun Devils. Uh, so I think you can sell me on that, the receivers, you can sell me that on the tight ends, that on the weapons, the running backs, you got Damian Harris, um, as well as, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, who they drafted this year, uh, James White, Sony Michelle, you can totally sell me on that. These wide receivers, these running backs, these tight ends can ball, but I have a hard time believing in the quarterback play. That's my big thing. I don't have any faith in Cam Newton. What Cam Newton was last year was really bad. And I know that it was an uneven year. 
um, you know, with COVID and stuff. But I just, I don't see it with Cam Newton. That's why I think that Mac Jones is going to be the starter. And I also, I think Mac Jones is not great. I don't think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. So I think I, I, I don't see a lot of upside in this offense just because of that quarterback play. I think you enter, I don't know, maybe I don't know, like an average to slightly above average quarterback or a guy that you know what you're getting out of this, especially from a predicting in the preseason standpoint, I'd feel com- I'd feel more confident or more within a decent right to put this team in the playoffs. But I don't I don't have confidence in Cam Newton or Mac Jones. Defensively, um, plenty of talent. You mentioned the cornerback duo, Stephon Gilmore, and uh uh we're headlined by Stephon Gilmore, rather. I it'll be interesting to see how Gilmore plays this year. He had a little bit of a tough year last year. Um rumors in the offseason that he get traded. I think that, you know, I, I'm not worried about that. I think he's awesome. JC Jackson, uh Jonathan Jones. Uh, cornerback room, no doubt. You you mentioned they spent big time to add Matt Judon. I don't know. You know, I think is the case with a lot of players that are pretty good. Um, they just get massively overpaid in NFL free agency because teams just go all out to add for a need. So I think it'll be interesting to see um, how that pass rush looks. I like the their selection of Christian Barmore, uh, Ronnie Perkins. I like both of those guys. I think the defense overall is solid. I don't know if it's spectacular top of the league unit like we've seen with some Bill Belichick defenses, but it's pretty good. Um, and then all in all, I think it, this is a solid team that with a good to great quarterback, we're really talking about contention, and they don't have that, and that really limits it for me. I think nine wins might even be a little bit of giving – the benefit of the doubt to Bill Belichick up from like, you know, maybe seven wins or something like that a little bit of faith in them being able to put stuff together. Uh, but the Patriots talented team overall uh, need a quarterback need, need their long-term answer quarterback. Uh, but we move on. All right. So I have the dolphins at the same record that you do, Jeremy at nine and eight. And looking at this Dolphins team, when you think of the 2020 Dolphins, you think of that kind of average offense, um, maybe Tua getting benched here and there. But um, when you go to the defensive side of the ball, it is a strong, well-coached defense. And I think looking at this roster right now, I think it's much less intimidating than it was in 2020. I do like their secondary. Xavier Howard was requesting a trade, but I think as of yesterday, he said that he is there to stay in Miami. And um, paired alongside Byron Jones, Eric Rowe at the strong safety. I really like that secondary. That front seven is what I'm a little bit worried about. I do like Ogba and Bernardrick McKinney. Other than that, I don't see any real uh, highlight in that group. Um, Looking at the offense, I think uh, Tua Tagovailoa last year, a little bit uh, disappointing is the right word for it. But I think... This year, I think he had plenty of excuses to back him up last year. This year, there's no room for that. Last year, you were able to say, oh, the offensive line wasn't great. Oh, his his targets weren't there. Um, oh, he had, he had guys like Devontae Parker injured. That's just not the situation this year. Tua has a fantastic wide receiving core in Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Jalen Waddell, along with a very underrated pass-catching tight end, Mike Gesicki, Miles Gaskin in the backfield, and in 
an offensive line that can absolutely get the job done. If Tua is bad this year, he's just bad. There, there's no there's no excuse for it this year. And um, with a guy like Jacoby Brissett behind him, I would not be surprised. Jacoby Brissett is, I wouldn't say a quality starter, but he's good enough that if Tua is bad, I don't think they'll have any hesitation to put him on the bench and throw Jacoby Brissett in there. Um, so I think the real storyline for this team is, is Tua going to be able to step it up? Is he going to be able to make those throws into tight windows? And is he going to be able to trust in the fantastic targets he has? Will he be able to um, kind of put that that faith in them to, to make that catch? And I don't know, kind of continue that. Oh, hold on. Are you, are you still hearing me, Jeremy? Yep. All right, sorry, we had some technical difficulties out on my end. Okay, as I was saying, is Tua going to be able to trust in those receivers and kind of um, make that throw? And yeah, I think that's all I have to say for him. Yeah, so Dolphins, um, like you mentioned, we have them at the same record at nine and eight. Uh, when you talk about the Dolphins, I don't know how you can't start with that quarterback play of Tua Tongavailoa and you know, obviously, I might have some bias. I love Tua from his time in Alabama. I genuinely think that he can stay, take a step forward from that kind of pedestrian rookie year, uh, 1,800 yards, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. I think that the Dolphins did an absolutely horrible job of managing his playing time. I think the way that he was in and out with Fitzpatrick made absolutely no sense and I think probably just crushed his confidence Uh Shan Gailey, the offensive coordinator, is or previous offensive coordinator, is horrible. Uh, I don't, I don't think they managed to it all right uh, to a well last year. Albeit, you can't put all of that on other people. I think Tua definitely underperformed, but I think that he's in a position much more to succeed this year. Uh, the offensive line still isn't incredible, but I don't. I, I think when you have a quarterback like Tua, he's athletic, he's agile. I think he can make do with, you know, not the best offensive line in the league. Uh, Receiver-wise, uh, they have Devontae Parker. They brought in Will Fuller. Uh, they drafted Jalen Waddle, who I absolutely love, I think. A lot of people were surprised um, with how early he came off the board. I love Jalen Waddle. I think he's incredible is totally in that conversation with Jamar Chase and uh, Devontae Smith. I think there's no doubt that he's going to be an incredible NFL player. Uh, they got Mike Jusecki at tight end. The, it, you know, one place where I'm a little concerned is running back. They have Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown. Uh, there's not a lot of, I don't know. The run game isn't incredible there. You had Gaskin last year at 584 yards, three touchdowns. Brown with the Rams, 419, five touchdowns. I One of them is going to have to take a significant step up because that that's what, even if Tua is playing well, I don't think that Tua playing well is necessarily him throwing for 350 yards and four touchdowns a game. They're going to have to have a little bit of a ground attack to have success. But my big thing with this offense is I'm a Tua believer. I think Tua is going to take that step up in his second year. Um, defensively, Again, the first thing that comes to mind for me is Xavier Howard. How do they handle this? Because I, I don't think that this defense can really afford to trade him. And I think that comes down to them. They got to pay him. They got to pay him, and he's worth it. He's been 
a top three cornerback, one of the best defensive players in the league the last couple of years. Uh, so you got him, uh, Byron Jones starting opposite of him. Uh, they got Eric Rowe. I think that, you know, DB wise, pretty solid. And then you look at the pass rush. It's not going to blow you away. Uh, I like Raekwon Davis, uh, Emmanuel Ogba. It's, it's a bunch of solid players. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be one of the best, you know, better units, but not bad. I like the addition of uh, Jalen Phillips, their second first-round pick after Waddle. Uh, Jerome Baker, another solid player. I think the defense is going to be good again. I think it's going to be solid. Um, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, best, best in the league, kind of like it seemed like it was last year, but I think it's going to be pretty solid. And that's what overall I think this Miami Dolphins team is pretty solid. Um, it comes down to can Tua take that step forward? I think he can. Can the run game improve? You know, not entirely sure. Can the offensive line perform? Um, remains to be seen. And how will they hand, handle the Xavier Howard saga? I think those are four points to look at for the Dolphins. And I think that culminates at nine and eight above 500, just missing out on the playoffs. All right. Um, moving up next, we have the Buffalo Bills. I have their record at 13 and four. And I think the Bills only goal should be a Lombardi trophy this year. Um, Josh Allen's final year before he moves on to his expensive fifth year option and that, that quarterback on that rookie deal is, is pretty crucial to a team who wants to win a Super Bowl. Um, I think they have to be able to do it this year or um, either begin the rebuild or find some other options next year. This team really, like looking at their depth chart, they don't have much to complain about. Um, I think Josh Allen has all the talent in the world. His arm talent is fantastic, absolute cannon. The accuracy numbers were up last year. Good runner, can throw on the run. I think he has every tool in his toolbox to be as good as Mahomes, if not better. Not saying he'll make that jump, but I think um, with some good coaching and um, some more practice out of him, I think he could be the best quarterback in the league within a few years. Um, Devin Singletary in the backfield, I think not a bad option, especially with how replaceable running backs are. The wide receiver core looks a lot better this year. It's deep and it's good with the acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders. Old as he is, he's still a competent wide receiving threat. Pair him with Diggs and Beasley. You have a great wide receiving core. Um, the offensive line looks salvageable. Not fantastic, not bad. It's salvageable. It will do the job with how good the rest of that offense is. Uh, moving on to the defense, I do like this defensive line. Mario Addison, Ed Oliver, Jerry Hughes, that right there, they're, they're kind of underrated, not huge names. I think they're going to be able to do what it takes. And then you have uh, Greg Rousseau and AJ Espineza on the bench. That's a deep defensive line. That is a defensive line that's definitely going to be able to get it done. Um, and then I also like that linebacking linebacker core. I do like Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. I think they're definitely going to be able to take a big jump up this year. Um, and then diving into their secondary, secondary, you got one of the best cornerbacks in the league, Tredavious White, and then pair that with their fantastic safety duo in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Like th there's not much that this team really has to worry about on a depth chart. Like they have all the talent in the world on their team. Um, they're as balanced as anyone in the league. Uh, the only, the only concern that I have for this team, it's not anything positional. It's that team chemistry. 
with all of the vaccination stuff coming out and between Cole Beasley and Josh Allen being against the vaccine, I think if there's any kind of COVID breakout, the, the chemistry is going to go through the floor because Cole Beasley has been getting in Twitter wars about the vaccine with um, NFL players and even fellow teammates like Jerry Hughes, who are high risk with COVID and he still refuses to get the vaccine. I think with how big of a competitive advantage that vaccine is this year, I, I worry a little bit about that chemistry. But um, my prediction this year with the, the Bills is that Josh Allen will lead them to a win in the division, obviously, at 13 and four. And he'll take them all the way to the AFC Championship, but that's where their journey is going to end. One game short of the Super Bowl. And yeah, that's how that's how I see it with the Bills. Yep. So I have the Bills also winning the division. Uh, I have them at 11 and six. I don't know if that's, I don't think that's necessarily indicative of uh, them being like any sort of a worse team or even that much of the team itself regression. I just think that they're, um, I don't know. I think they're a decent amount of challenging games. I haven't looked at any sort of official strength of schedule kind of thing, but you know, they have to play Tampa Bay. They have to play Baltimore. They have to play Tennessee. They have to play Washington. They have to play Indianapolis. There are just, I think, you know, I, I think there are a couple of games that might not fall their way. I don't think that's indicative of the team that they ultimately are. Uh, Josh Allen at quarterback. I'm a known, I'm not a fan of Josh Allen. I haven't been a fan of Josh Allen, but I can't deny um, how incredible of a season he had last year. And this year is where he can really establish himself as that top five, top three um, elite quarterback. He's coming off. He threw for 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, ran for 420, had eight rushing touchdowns. Um, you know, though that kind of year is incredible. You can't, you know, it's going to be hard to top that, but I think if he can, you know, even come close to replicating those numbers, the Bills are going to be in a great spot. Um, they obviously, and they added Mitchell Trubisky. That's honestly, um, you know, I, it doesn't necessarily factor into this kind of prediction, but it's nice to have that insurance policy at back quarterback. Uh, their receivers, you know, it's all about Stephon Diggs. He had an incredible year, one of the, you know, better wide receiver years we've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, Cole Beasley on the field is a great Swiss Army knife out of the slot. You have Gabe Davis, um, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, wide receivers, plenty of options. Offensive line, pretty solid. I don't think it's necessarily one of the best units, but I think it's, you know, solid enough, especially with an improvising quarterback like Josh Allen. Uh, I have some questions about tight the tight end room. I think that Dawson Knox could definitely use to step up coming off of a unfortunate year to only 24 catches for 288 yards and three touchdowns. I think if he, or maybe even Tommy Sweeney, if they can step up, have a big year, that would really um, open up this offense and same at running back. Cause uh, that's another spot similar to the dolphins. Uh, this team doesn't have uh, or had last year, didn't have incredible production at running back. You have Zach Moss, 481 yards, four touchdowns. And then, uh, Devin Singletary, it's uh, 687 yards, two touchdowns. You don't need to have a prolific, uh, you know, running attack for this team considering the output that you're going to get from Josh Allen. But you don't want to – you don't want to have to be a team that has thrown the ball every single down. Uh, that's not to say that they need one of these guys to become a total bell cow running back, 
but you want to have efficient runs, um, you know, set up opportunities. You want to get in second and short, third and short, let Josh Allen make plays. You don't want to, and also on, you know, on that note, you don't want Josh Allen to have to run so often that he's getting, you know, hit because that's the thing about Josh Allen is he's, he's a gamer. He's going out there. He's trying to get first downs. He's, he's going to run and you want to, you don't want to stop him from being him and making those plays. But when you can have an efficient run game, you know, block well, you can have him do it in moderation, keep him upright, and keep him healthy. So Bill's offense, it's, you know, Josh Allen, can he establish himself as one of those top quarterbacks? I think generally he can. Defensively, you talked about the depth of their defensive line. It's crazy. Um, Jerry Hughes, Ed Oliver, Mario Addison, uh, Vernon Butler, they drafted Gregory Rousseau, uh, A.J. Epinesa, that's just it's great uh even uh boogie basham and then linebacking wise super good as well matt milano uh tremaine edmonds aj klein all those guys just absolute menaces uh cornerbacks you got trey white you know what he can do one of the best cornerbacks in the league uh i'm looking at the other cornerback spot i'm a big fan of levi Wallace, the former walk-on at alabama can he establish himself as that legit cornerback too um, or will it be Dane Jackson? Will it be Elijah Griffin? We'll see. Uh, safety spots to uh, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. Those guys are just absolute studs. I think this defense, um, there, there's a lot to like about this defense. There really aren't many holes outside of maybe that second uh, cornerback spot. So overall, I think the Bills, uh, really good team. I think very clearly the best team in the AFC. is one of the best teams in the AFC in total. I have them winning the division. And so with that, we can move on to uh, divisional awards. Um, so go ahead, Jackson. All right. So winning the MVP, like I said, I have Josh Allen, perennial talent, um, great build, great arm talent. I think there's no reason for him not to win the MVP. Offensive player of the year, I have Stefan Diggs, um, Josh Allen's number one connection. I think he's going to have another big year. Um with Josh Allen, especially if Josh Allen takes a step up from last year. Defensive player of the year, I have JC Jackson. Uh, with Gilmore's health and uh, the possibility of him getting traded, I think Jackson is ready to step it up. Um, he's definitely, I think I would consider him a top 10 cornerback. And I think we'll see this year, um, he'll be in that upper tier for the conversation of maybe top five cornerback in the league. Comeback player of the year, Devontae Parker. Uh, I think, like you said, I, I think I forgot to mention, I am a Tua believer, but I think there's not really that excuse for him this year. And I think Devontae Parker is going to be one of his main guys that he ends up going to this year. And so I like him as comeback player of the year. Offensive rookie of the year, like I already said, Elijah Moore. I think he's going to have a fantastic season compared to the other wide receivers in his class. Um I think Elijah Moore, between how good of a fit he is with Zach Wilson and just his overall skill set and talent, I think he's primed to win Offensive Rookie of the Year in this division. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I have Christian Barmore. Um, don't have any, don't have a ton to say about him, but I think um, he has every. I think he has every reason to to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Breakout Player of the Year on offense, I have Mike Gesicki. Um, you could make the argument that he broke out last year, and um, I could see that, but I think he's going to 
jump into that conversation to be a top five tight end this year. Um, even competing, competing with targets with all with how good that wide receiving core is, I think Mike Kosicki is just as talented as a lot of those tight ends who are in the top five conversation, like TJ Hawkins, Hawkinson and guys like that. Um, defensive breakout player of the year, I have AJ Espineza. With uh, the health of Jerry Hughes, I think Espineza is ready to make that step up after kind of a la uh, lackluster rookie year. Uh, he was very highly regarded in college, and I think uh, he still has what it takes to become that upper tier uh, defensive end. And coach of the year, I have Brian Flores. I think he was a front runner to win it last year until the Dolphins missed the playoffs. And I think there's, um, even if the Dolphins miss the playoffs again, I think Brian Flores has a lot of Bill Belichick type qualities in that uh, no matter who gets hurt, he's always able to find a good replacement off the bench and kind of keep that team going. Um, I think despite this team's record, he's going to be a fantastic coach this year. Gotcha. So uh, MVP, this feels fairly simple given the lack of proven quarterbacks in this division um, or even really star running backs. It's Josh Allen. Um, even if he takes a small step back from last year, I, I don't really foresee anyone else filling this MVP spot. It's just kind of – I just feel like it's Josh Allen's. Um, I didn't actually label an offensive player of the year because I was thinking of Josh Allen, but if we're talking about best non-quarterback, it's Stephon Diggs. Um, I think he's incredible. I, this connection with him and Josh Allen, uh, one of the best duos in the league, no question. Defensive player of the year, uh, and I guess this is assuming that he remains with his team, that's Xavier Howard. I just have absolutely loved um, what he's been doing with the Dolphins. He's been incredible. I think assuming that he sticks with the team, uh, there's no reason he can't keep it up. Um, offensive rookie of the year, I, I, we have slightly different awards. I think you might have – however it shakes out. Offensive rookie of the year, I have a different Jets rookie, and uh, it's not even the quarterback, which I think speaks to how I like this Jets draft. It's the running back, Michael Carter. I said it. Um, I think he's going to – quickly become running back one. I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries within the first couple of weeks. And I guess that goes with my bold prediction that he's the most productive rookie and rookie in general and running back in the division. Uh, I am a big believer in Michael Carter. I think he's going to be uh, phenomenal. Defensive rookie there, Christian Barmore. Um, I think Barmore disruptive at Alabama um, on the interior I think that he's going to be a pretty productive rookie. I think this pick probably speaks more to that. There's not a lot of incredible defensive talent um, among rookies in this class, although I like Jalen Phillips as well. Watch out for Jalen Phillips. Uh, offensive breakout player of the year, I have Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I've said it. I'm a Tua believer. I think he's going to take that step forward. I think he, people are going to realize that he is the franchise quarterback. Don't need no Deshaun Watson rumors. Uh, defensive breakout player of the year. I have similar to how we have different Jets offensive rookies. I have a different Buffalo Bills defensive lineman, and that's Ed Oliver. Um, Ed Oliver has been generally good in the NFL, but I think he's yet to take that leap into that, you know, higher, higher level. And I think this year he's going to kick it into gear and really take that step forward. Um, comeback player of the year. 
I think I you could say Tua. I said Stephon Gilmore because I don't think people realize the way that Gilmore struggled last year. Um, but I think he's going to be back to that elite level. I think Gilmore is still that guy. Um, and coach of the year, I just Sean McDermott. I think that's by nature of that. I have the Buffalo Bills as the only playoff team in this division. I think it's got to be Sean McDermott. And just going over some of my bold predictions for the division are not even bold, just specific predictions. Uh, Mac Jones starting day one for the Patriots, primary quarterback, Michael Carter, most productive rookie and running back in the division to a blossoms, but the dolphins miss the playoffs. And so, yeah, that's what I got for the AFC. Is there anything else to add Jackson before we move on? Um, I think I was just going to say that we both have different Jets offensive rookie of the year candidates. I think that only bolsters our take that the Jets are absolutely moving in the right division with that rebuild. Um, I think they're doing everything right, getting that solid young talent. I think the Jets fans can be very optimistic of their future. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thrilled. And that's the thing. We, you picked the second rounder. I picked the fourth rounder. Neither of us picked, you know, the second overall pick. And I, I don't think that says, you know, that means that Zach Wilson's bad. I think that means that Joe Douglas did a great job drafting, you know, past a single pick. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So we got the AFC North next. Okay. So with my predictions, I have the Bengals coming in at last at three and 14 Steelers at second at six and 11, the Ravens or sorry, Steelers in second to last at six and 11, the Ravens second in the division at 13 and four and the Browns winning it at 14 and three. Gotcha. So I got the Cincinnati Bengals in the cellar at five and twelve. The Pittsburgh Steelers next up at seven and ten. The Cleveland Browns um second at ten and seven. And the Baltimore Ravens winning the division at eleven and six. Okay, so I'm gonna jump right into it. Starting off with the three and fourteen Bengals, I think this team has a lot more to worry about than most people would realize. The interior O-line on this team, atrocious. It's so bad, especially with Joe Burrow coming off as big of an injury as he did. I think this offense has every right to be very worried. Um, I think they're pretty lackluster in just about every position besides their pass catchers, uh, particularly the wide receiver core. I think that wide receiver core has a very good argument for being top five in the league. You got Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, proven veterans who have um, continued to play well with this team. And then you add a uh, top rookie talent, Jamar Chase. I think that wide receiver core is stellar. And if Burrow can get the ball off quickly to uh, any of those guys, I think they are in for a, I think that offense could be a little bit better, but I'm just, that offensive line, I think is going to absolutely sell. Um, the def- if, if I thought the off- offense was bad, the defense is so bad. Um, I think this front seven is absolutely a candidate for worst in the league. I think the only real name on there is Trey Hendrickson, who I think is a little bit overrated despite leading the league in sacks last year. I think a lot of um, Cam Jordan success kind of translated into Trey Hendrickson's stat sheet. And so I don't think, considering he's kind of the only big name on that defensive line, I don't think there's um, a lot of optimism there with that defense. And uh, moving on to the secondary, I also don't like that secondary outside of uh, free safety Jesse Bates, who I think... Oh, sorry, is the best safety in the league. I think he's up there with uh, the guy from the Steelers, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. 
I, but I think uh, Bates barely edges him out. However, his surrounding secondary cast is pitiful. And I think this team doesn't have it in them. And I think they kind of just give up and tank by the end of the season. Three and 14 is where I have the Bengals. Yep. So I also have the Bengals last. I have a slightly more optimistic outlook, although that uh, as that I have them in last, it does not culminate in wins. I have them at five and 12. Um, when you start with the offense, you, you look at Joe Burrow. I have no doubt that Joe Burrow is going to be healthy and playing well. I think that people forget because he got hurt and because of the year that Justin Herbert had that Joe Burrow was the number one pick. And he, he wasn't perfect when he was healthy, but I have no doubt that Joe Burrow can get healthy and um, play to his potential. Joe Mixon, talented running back that just can't stay healthy and doesn't have the offensive line to – you know, move into that top, top tier. Uh, but that's, it's a talented backfield, no doubt. Receivers are pretty good. You got Jamar Chase, you got T Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd. They said goodbye to a uh, long time receiver, AJ Green. They're not bad at the skill positions, but where it really sucks is that they did not draft Panay Sewell. They did not draft Panay Sewell. They drafted Jamar Chase instead. And that's not to say that Jamar Chase is bad. I think Jamar Chase is great. I think Jamar Chase is going to be one of the better rookies this year. But for what they need, they did not need Jamar Chase there as bad as they needed Panay Sewell. The wide receiver corps would be totally, you know, you can get by with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, taking a receiver later. But the offensive line needed Panay Sewell. They're, I'm looking at their projected offensive line. Jonah Williams, Michael Jordan, not the one you're thinking of. Trey Hopkins, Quentin Spain, uh, Riley Reef. That's just, I don't, I don't see it with that offensive line. They drafted Jackson Carmen, uh, who I just did not think was worth the value. I think it would have made a lot more sense to draft uh, Panay Sewell plug him in at one of the tackle spots, and then draft a second-round wide receiver. That will never make sense to me for what this team needed. Keep your franchise quarterback upright. I'd ra You'd rather him throwing to not even – you have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Those are two good receivers. Jamar Chase is good, but keeping your franchise quarterback who's coming off a torn ACL is even better. And so that's what I hope that Burrow can stay upright in that sense. Uh, so the offense has the talent, but I don't think that they're going to be able to put it together uh, or hit any kind of potential because of where that offensive line is. And that's really saying that I feel like it's improved, and that speaks to how bad that the offensive line has been. Defensively, I think it's the defense is a little better than some people think. The D-line, I don't hate. Um, Sam Hubbard, not not horrible. DJ Reader, Larry Ogunjobi, Trey Hendrickson, uh, not not horrible. Uh, they drafted Joseph Asai. I like that pick. Uh, I like Akeem Davis-Gaither. I think he can be a little sneaky breakout pick. Uh, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson. Uh, the DBs is where it really gets me. Jesse Bates is good. Uh, you got Von Bell. But cornerback, uh, you know, Trey Waynes, Chidobe Awuzie, I don't – Eli Apple. I don't, I don't like what's going on in that secondary outside of Jesse Bates. Uh, and that's, you know, I think that's where it's really going to hurt them is the secondary. Overall, I think there's definitely, when you have your franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow, you have, uh, you know, Jamar Chase, 
you have some talented guys. I think there's definitely reason for an optimistic outlook. But with that offensive line and clear holes defensively, I don't think the Bengals are much more than five, six wins, and I have them at five and 12. All right, moving on. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at six and 11. Uh, the claim to fame for Pittsburgh in 2020 was that stellar defense. And I think it'll still be good, but I think with some losses like Bud Dupree and Mike Hilton and uh, a little bit of regression towards the end of the year, I don't think it'll be as good. I still like that defensive line between TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, step onto it and so on. And um, that linebacker core, uh, I'm considering TJ Watt edge defensive end. So I'm not considering him a linebacker, but um, that linebacker core is a little bit questionable. I think Devin Bush is all right, but um, other than that, I think it's a, I don't know, a little suspect, but um, moving on to that secondary I think Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick are stellar, particularly Minka Fitzpatrick. I think probably the second best safety in the league. Um, and then I think the other two guys in Terrell Edmonds and Cameron Sutton are a little bit lackluster. I don't think it's going to be a fantastic season for any of them, maybe picking up a little bit of that success from Minka and Joe, but I don't, nothing, nothing huge. Um, I think the real issue this for this team stems from the quarterback spot. I think Ben Roethlisberger is, should have retired a little while ago. Like he, he just does not have very much left in the tank. And I think, um, I, I think that really showed last year. Cause when you force him to throw 50 times a game and don't have much of a running game, that's why their offense was so pitiful last year. And I think um, they, they didn't really do much to improve that offense. They did draft running back Najee Harris who I think is going to be a little bit more of a crutch for that poor passing game than James Conner was. And I think they'll be leaning on, I think Najee Harris is going to be a very productive running back in the NFL. As much as I don't like taking running backs in the first round, I think he fits really well with this team. And I think he has every reason to be the best rookie running back. Um, I do like their wide receiving core. Um, as bad as some of their hands are in uh, Claypool, Johnson, Eric Ebron, and sometimes Juju, like, I don't know. I think they still have um, good route running, good contested catching. I think they have uh, a definitely solid wide receiving core. Um, I just don't think Big Ben is going to be able to supply them. That offensive line looks a little bit better than it did last year after getting Trey Turner. Um, other than that, not fantastic. I think the, the Steelers kind of play like they did towards the end of the season. Uh, particularly that offense at that six and 11 mark. I don't have them really anywhere near a playoff spot and I'll kick it to you, Jeremy. Yeah. So the Steelers, you saw the way that they started last year. Um, I don't foresee that happening again this year because you look at the quarterback spot and that's what this is all about. This is like, I feel like we've already kind of been preaching this, especially considering we already talked about a team like the Patriots it's going to be hard to win meaningful football games when you have subpar production at quarterback. And I, I don't foresee Ben Roethlisberger being an average to above average quarterback. I think moving forward, he's probably more like a below average quarterback. The team around him isn't, you know, isn't bad. I like Najee Harris a lot. I don't, I'm with you. I don't believe in drafting running backs in the first round, but I think he's going to be incredible. I think he's going to be, you know, I, one of the better players, if not the best player on this offense this year. The receivers you have, 
you know, it's a good wide receiver group. Juju, uh, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. Tight end that you have Eric Ebron. They drafted Pat Fryermuth. You know, the weapons are good, but I don't like what they have going on at quarterback with Ben Roethlisberger, and it's not like I feel great about Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph. The offensive line is like, eh, not, not great. So I, I don't think this offense is, re- is going to be very good. I think Najee Harris is going to be fantastic, and I don't, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of consistency from the passing game. I think some of their numbers might be skewed by the way that sometimes uh, they go so pass-happy. I think hopefully they can do that a little less, considering that they have who, a running back that seems to be able to be a workhorse like Najee Harris. But I don't. I just. I don't love the offense stemming from the offensive line and the quarterback position. Defensively, I still think they probably have one of the better defenses in the league. They got Cam Hayward. Uh, you got T.J. Wash. That's T.J. Wash. T.J. Watt. Uh, you know, just the with even just those two alone, it's incredible pass rush. Linebacking, uh, Devin Bush. Uh, hopefully, he's all healthy and good. Um, Line, you know, behind him, it's not incredible in terms of coverage. They signed Melvin Ingram. Cornerback, uh, you got Joe Hayden, um, Antoine Brooks. I don't know. The cornerback's the not incredible, but then you look at the safeties. You got Minka Fitzpatrick. You got Terrell Edmonds. I think um, this isn't a defense without flaw, but I think that this is, this is still a super good defense. But ultimately, this just is a very mediocre roster to me. Like, I think there are clear spots that they're pretty good at, but I also feel like they have some pretty obvious weaknesses. So you got talent, you got TJ Watt, you got that wide receiver corpse, you got Najee Harris, you got Megan Fitzpatrick. I just, they don't have the quarterbacking and offensive line to my liking to be a playoff team. So I have them at seven and 10, third in the division. All right, next up we have, I have the Baltimore Ravens in third. Um, Jeremy has the Browns. I think the Ravens are a fantastic team and would be a division winner in almost every other division, but I am a huge believer in the Browns and I'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, I'm expecting a huge improvement from this offense from last year, uh, similar to that 2019 unit. Um, they, I think their main issue last year was that wide receiving core and it's, it's not great now they definitely improved it, but I think it's definitely surfaceable for how little they throw the ball, especially how little they throw deep. So I think wide receivers are not going to be as much of an issue this year. Um, I think one main thing the Ravens took to heart on, um, during this off season is that coaching staff and they kind of clean house on that coaching staff and those smaller um, personal group positions. And I think, um, I think, I think that was a really good move. I think they have, I think after doing that, they have every reason to have a perfect scheme this year with uh, the way that offense is run. Um, I think, you know, Lamar doesn't have the best arm talent in the league, but I think if you can set a, a good running scheme up with this offense, they are going to fly. Um, I think Lamar is, going to be an MVP candidate this year. He's going to return from that 2019. He's got, yeah, he's going to return to that 2019 form and uh, maybe not as good, but I think it's going to be in a similar tier. The offensive line looks so much better than it did last year. Stanley's back. 
they drafted um, caveman Ben Cleveland, uh, who basically lives in the mountains, uh, signed Kevin Zietler and Andrew Alejandro Villanueva from the Steelers. This looks so much better than it did last year. And I think that was a huge issue last year. I think last year they had a center who could snap the ball to Lamar only half the time. Like they had a ton of fumbles out that last year. Um, I'm expecting a lot more coordination from this offense. And I think if, um, if that offensive coordinator can throw in a good scheme, they have every reason to run the charts off of any defense they play. Uh, moving on to their defense, I think their front seven is a little bit overrated. They, they just got Justin Houston, though, who I think is a great fit with them. But um, guys like LJ Fort, Tyus Bowser, Brandon Williams, Derek Wolf, I'm not super sold on them. However, it's hard to bet out Calais Campbell. And I think Patrick Queen is in for a pretty big breakout year this year compared to last year. He was a solid linebacker last year, but I think he is ready to break out and become one of those upper tier linebackers. And I think their secondary is going to be fantastic. I think those, um, their two safeties have lots of young talent and potential, and I'm ready for them to kind of have that breakout year this year. And then um, their cornerbacks, their cornerbacks are really weird because neither of them are super fantastic in coverage, but they can for both force turnovers at such a high rate. Marlon Humphrey is famous for his little peanut punch. He led the league in forced fumbles last year and he, he's serviceable in coverage, but Marcus Peters is, he's a ball hawk. He basically how it works with Peters is he either intercepts the ball or he is burnt toast. And, and I think um, it's not fantastic in coverage, but I think it really worked last year. And I think there's no reason to bet against it this year. So um, I have huge expectations for this Ravens team. I think they're a clear, clear five seed here just because of how much I believe in the Browns. But I expect them to make a pretty solid playoff run. Yep. So this is our first point of uh, disagreement in the standings. I have the Cleveland Browns in second in this division at 10 and 7. Um, and that's good enough for a playoff spot. I like this team a lot. I think similar to the way that Jackson was saying, um, he likes the Ravens. He just like, you know, he loves the Browns. I like the Browns. I just let, really love the Ravens. Um, so you start off quarterback. Baker Mayfield has had a much more even 2020 after a little bit of a sophomore slump in 2019. I don't, I don't think that he's one of the like, best quarterbacks in the league I don't know if that's exactly I don't think he's that guy but I think that he's at the point where he's a solid quarterback that can get the job done especially when you have a running back duo like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt uh the newly extended Nick Chubb uh that running duo is incredible I, I think the you know they mesh so well and when you have to game plan to stop that run game and then you have the weapons, you have Jarvis Landry, you have Odell Beckham coming back from injury. Um, you have, you know, you've got Richard Higgins, Harrison Bryant, David Njoku, uh, Austin Hooper. They got a lot of talent there. And then on the offensive line, they have a great offensive line. Jed Wells, uh, Joe Batonio, J.C. Treader, Wyatt Teller, and Jack Conklin. Uh, awesome, awesome offensive line. And that's exactly what you need to uh, create that good run game. Uh, give room for your young quarterback, Baker Mayfield. I think it's going to be an awesome offense. I don't think the pass game is going to be prolific, but I think it's going to be solid. 
mixed with an incredible, if not like the best run game in football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Defensively, I mean, there's a lot to like. Uh, pass rush-wise, you got Miles Garrett. They brought in Jadavion Clowney. Um, I think that can be a very, you know, even if Clowney isn't incredible, incredible, Miles Garrett is so, so good. Uh, Linebacking-wise, uh, they bring back Sione Takitaki. They brought in Anthony Walker. They drafted Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, who I'm super high on. I think, uh, I think he can be very good. Like, I think he can be their best linebacker fairly soon. Uh, their DBs are awesome. You got Denzel Ward. Um, they drafted Greg Newsom. They have Greedy Williams. Uh, Safety-wise, they inked John Johnson III to a big contract. They bring back Grant Delpit, uh, signed Ronnie Harrison, drafted Richard LeCount. I, there's a lot of depth back here, and I, I like – I really like what this overall Browns defense has to offer. I think the big reason that I have them behind the Ravens isn't necessarily due to the overall roster buildup. Like I think on paper, the Browns might have the better roster, but the edge for me, and I guess, you know, I'll talk about the Ravens shortly is the Lamar Jackson factor. And that I think Lamar Jackson is going to come close to replicating that 2019 season. And that's not a diss on Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield can be a perfectly good quarterback. I don't think he has that, you know, next gear that Lamar, that I think Lamar is going to kick it into. So I have the Browns in the playoffs, second in the division at 10 and seven. Going back to the Browns, I have them winning this division at 14 and three. Um, they're, they don't really have holes. I think maybe that interior defensive line, but even then they just, they don't have, hole. I think Baker Mayfield is, I think he's kind of ready. I kind of disagree with Jeremy on this standpoint. I think he is ready to kind of make that, that jump again this year. Um, with with what is surrounding him, I think it's so hard for him not to. Between um, Jeremy kind of talked about that offensive line. That offensive line is so clearly the best in the league. It makes me foam at the mouth looking at this depth chart. Like Wyatt Teller, J.C. Treader, Joel Bidiano, Jedrick Wells, so good at that offensive line position. And then I think looking at that receiver core, they're definitely pretty deep. Like Odell coming back, Jarvis Landry, um, Richard Higgins, Peoples-Jones, JoJo Natson, I think maybe not one of the most talented in the league, but they're they're so deep. I think um, they have every right to have, or every reason to have a solid passing game this year. And then um, even if they can't pass the ball, they are guaranteed to have a fantastic running game in Chubb and Kareem Hunt, especially with the run blocking out of that stellar offensive line. Um, Brown's offense really doesn't have much to worry about. And moving on to their defense, like you said, Jadavion Clowney, I think he was signed to be a little bit more of that kind of run stopper guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up a little more sack, a few more sacks than he does in his career, just because of how good Miles Garrett is. I think Miles Garrett is easily the best pass rusher coming from the outside. And I say the outside because there's a guy in the Rams who plays on the interior that hasn't beat out a little bit, but, um, uh, yeah, I think the interior defensive line, a little bit weak, but I think um, with how good that linebacker core and outside rushers are, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. And um, that linebacker core, it's it's not fantastic, but I really like the acquisition of JOK during the draft. 
I know there were um, some Browns fans pretty mad that he wasn't selected in the first round, but they come right back in the second round and end up getting in him. And I, I love that. I, I think he is so good for this defense. And then moving on to their secondary, secondary, John Johnson is a fantastic safety. He is so good. And then pair that with Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward. This, this team really doesn't have a, a solid weakness that you can attack. And I think because of that, they will be going 14 and three this year. And um, maybe a little bit early to say, but I think this team has a nice ring to it. If you, if you catch my drift. I, I, I pick up what you're throwing down. <laughs> um, so for me, I have the Ravens winning the division at 11 and six. And for what it's worth, I think a lot of these numbers that I'm throwing out, like, you know, 11 wins. Um, I feel like in preseason, I tend to go a little more conservative in terms of like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big pick teams to win 15 games and, you know, go winless kind of thing. I feel like kind of centralized. So for what I would focus more on what I'm saying is, you know, four through one and who I have making the playoffs and such more so than the numbers. Cause I think that just shakes down to, I don't know. I think it's very subjective to look at in the preseason, regardless, uh, the Ravens, I'm looking at the depth chart that I'm looking at. Um, someone must have changed it so that Trace McSorley is the starting quarterback. I don't foresee that. I foresee Lamar Jackson being their starting quarterback. And I think he's going to be incredible. I think he's so dynamic um, with his arm, with his legs. He's not – I don't think he's one of the best pure passers, but I think what he can do with the football and the threat of the run or even the threat of the pass – like, I, I don't think there's a good way to game plan for Lamar Jackson. He is the human outlier. Um, in terms of what the passing game is going to look like, I think it'll improve from last year. Um, Hollywood Brown, uh, obviously been generally disappointing, but I think he can be a solid set, you know, player. Bring in Sammy Watkins from Kansas City. We know what Sammy Watkins does in, like, the first week of the year. He's always crazy. Uh, I love Rashad Bateman. I think that was an incredible draft pick. I'm a big fan of his, as well as Tylan Wallace, who they drafted, I believe, in the fourth round. Um, both super productive college wide receivers that I think will be helpful. And obviously, you know them, they're big tight end people. Uh, they use Mark Andrews. They use Nick Boyle. I don't think it's going to be, you know, one of the, you know, I don't think it's going to be the best pass game in the league, but I think that Lamar Jackson's going to be torching some defense, and I think he has the weapons to do so. Uh, the offensive line, you mentioned having Ronnie Stanley back is awesome, and I think that's super important to their line. Uh, you got Kevin Zeitler. They brought in Alejandro uh, Villanueva. Overall, I, I, I like the offensive line. The running back room isn't, you know, incredible, but I think that J.K. Dobbins will uh, take a step forward in his second year, and I think you can expect a lot of their uh, – you know, running game to come from Lamar Jackson. So I have no concerns about that run game. Uh, defensively, I think you mentioned there are some holes. Uh, the defensive line, it's not incredible top to bottom, but I think you got the presence of a guy like Calais Campbell that really, um, I don't want to say can carry a group, but can help lead a group from what it could be. Uh, Linebacking-wise, I'm a big fan of Patrick Queen. I like what he has to offer. Uh, DBs, Marcus Peters, you mentioned what the guy's about. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, I absolutely love him. I, I, he's one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, safeties, you got uh, Deshaun Elliott, Chuck Clark, 
Uh, they have plenty of DB depth. They still have Jimmy Smith, Sean Wade, uh, Tavon Young. I don't know if this defense is. I don't. I, I. I don't think that this is like the best defense in the league. I don't think that they're quite at that point anymore. But I still think think that this is going to be a super solid defense. And I think that with how explosive I foresee the offense being, that Lamar Jackson factor just puts the Ravens on top for me. And so, yeah, that's how I have the AFC North lining up. Let's go into uh, AFC North awards. Okay, so for the MVP, I have Lamar Jackson. Like I already said, he's going to be MVP caliber, but he's just losing out to a certain player that I won't touch on yet. Um, Offensive player of the year, uh, Nick Chubb. I, I think he is a top three running back in the league. He is he's so good at breaking tackles, so good at just um, getting those yards after contact. And with that offensive line, I think he is poised to put up a huge season. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett, who I think was on track to win it last year, but then between COVID and injuries, you know, didn't happen. But I don't think I really need to touch on him too much. Comeback player of the year, Odo Beckham Jr. Um, I think Odell, despite him being there for a few years already, he hasn't quite clicked with Baker Mayfield. But I think um, if, if Baker Mayfield can take that jump this year, which I think he will, and maybe a little bit of a scheme adjustment, I think Odell is um, definitely ready to come back to a high level. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I have uh, Najee Harris running back for the Steelers. Mainly, be, I think he's going to be really good, but I think a lot of the reason I have him here is because that passing game is is really not good. And I think he's going to be a little bit of a crutch for that offense to kind of lean on. And so I think based on how many carries I predict him to get, I think he'll definitely win offensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year, JOK for the Browns. He is so good for that team. Great fit. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I really need to, to touch on him a lot. I think the average listener understands how good of a prospect JOK was. Um, Offensive breakout player of the year, J.K. Dobbins. I don't think I touched on him enough when I was talking about the Ravens. I think he is so ready to break out. I think the, the carries he got during last season, he looked really good. And I, I, the only reason I don't have him a little bit higher is just because I don't know if the touches are there between, I think Gus Edwards will be getting a bulk of the goal line carries and how much Lamar Jackson runs. But um I think, you know, maybe around 12, 1300 yards for him. I think he'll be so good. I don't think the touchdowns will be there, but do not be surprised if J.K. Dobbins is averaging five yards a carry or more. And then um, defensive breakout player of the year, Patrick Queen. Um, like I said before, he was a solid linebacker last year, but I think um, he has all the talent uh, of any of the linebackers in that class. And I think he is, he's ready to, to break out. And I think He'll be kind of that guy in that front seven with the Ravens and coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. He won coach of the year last year. And then without, without I have the Browns this year, I think he's a no brainer for coach of the year. Gotcha. So MVP for me, Lamar Jackson. Um, I think that's already been stated how much I think of him defensive or excuse me, offensive player of the year. It's gotta be Nick Chubb. Um, the guy's just an absolute tank. Like I don't, I there's, I, I don't want to. I want to be as concise as possible, and that's all. That's what there is to say about Nick Chubb. The guy's an absolute baller. Um, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt. 
Uh, really could have been the defensive player of the year in the NFL last year. I think it was super neck and neck. Um, I think he'll be as productive as ever on that uh, Steelers team. Offensive rookie of the year, it's Najee Harris. Um, and I'll talk about him more in a second. Defensive rookie of the year, Jeremiah Wusu Korma. I think he's going to step up and be the, one of the Browns' best linebackers, if not the best linebacker, pretty early in the year. Um, super high on JOK, first-round talent that they were able to snag in the second. Offensive breakout player of the year, I have Joe Burrow. Maybe that's a little bit of a cheat, but I think, you know, going into his second year um, off of the injury, I think he's going to be an absolute stud and the guy that everyone imagined when he was the first overall pick. Defensive breakout player of the year, I'm with you, Patty Queen. Um, I think he was good. I think that this year he can, you know, take it to another level and be great. So, yeah, Pat, I think Patty Queen. Comeback player of the year, Joe Burrow. Um, I think that comes down to him playing at a decently high level after that torn ACL. I think that's, you know, injuries, a lot of the criteria when you're looking at comeback player of the year. Uh, coach of the year, John Harbaugh, you know, just kind of by default of the Ravens winning the division to me. Um, yeah, my bold predictions for the AFC North that I have noted. Najee Harris finishes top five in rushing yards in the entire league. I think he's going to have some really good games. And I think, um, I don't, I don't think, I think there are going to be some games where the pass game is just absolutely lost. Like, I don't think we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see a lot of spectacular outings from Big Ben. And I think a lot of that's going to trickle into more touches for Najee. And I think just his talent is going to create that success. And then I think the Browns are going to have the best defense in the division. Um, I think, especially listening to us go over it, uh, part by part, there's just not a lot of holes on that team. I think the Browns defense is going to be really good. Um, so yeah, that's the AFC North. Anything to add before we move on? Um, I don't, that it's such a good division. I think it's really, I think pretty clearly the NFC West is the best division, but if the, the Bengals didn't exist and the Steelers were a little bit better, I think that would definitely be there just because of how competitive the Ravens and Browns are. Yeah. The Ravens and Browns definitely, I think two of the best teams in football in general stuck in the same division. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Stay tuned for part two and beyond of our NFL season predictions. As always, check out the blog, theredshirt.blog or theredshirt.wixsite.com. Follow the Instagram at the.redshirt to see uh, when their new podcast blogs, as well as finding all the links to everything. Uh, follow our Twitter at the Red Shirt Blog as well. And if you're listening to this, you certainly know the podcast can be found by searching the Red Shirt Podcast on Spotify. See you guys for the next part of our NFL season prediction.